0: Is
1: real. There's power in your name. We find hope trust in your ways. We Jesus is
0: real. Living outward is so hard in this day and age. Because no matter how much you do, people will say you never did enough. Or no matter how much you're trying to help, they're like, I don't want your help. I don't need your help. But obviously you do, but you don't want it. And very quickly what happens is is our hearts start to get hard. They get cold. But here's the thing, my friends. You don't live outward by itself. You live outward because you're living upward.
1: Serving others isn't always easy. After all, we're dealing with other sinful people when we serve. Our help can be refused or demanded. and We find ourselves getting tired and hard-hearted. Pastor Daniel will encourage us in today's message to not look to ourselves to recharge for loving outward. Instead, we need to look upward to the one who gives us the strength we need always. We're able to love others because God first loved us. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in John chapter 13 with part two of his message, Live Outward by Loving Others. Jesus is
0: For most people within church, the upward thing is pretty solid. I mean, it's church, so we're living upward and we're loving God, right? And God's loving us. And then for many of us, we don't really think too much about the inward because it's like we just live with ourselves every day. But really, God, because of his love, wants us to live inward. But I think maybe the most important thing that, and I say important not because it's the most important thing, but because the fact that it's the one that's so lacking in our day and age is the people of God not only living upward and inward, but then living outward and reaching this world in the name of Jesus. Now, of course, this upward, inward, and outward, this living outward by loving others, this comes from Matthew chapter 22 verse 39, right? It's a quote of Leviticus 19, 18, where it says, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? So that second commandment, Leviticus 19, 18, Matthew 22, 39. Now, what's fascinating about this, and we say this all the time, but when Jesus says you should love your neighbor as yourself, who's your neighbor? Everybody. So everyone is your neighbor, Right, And so we live outward by loving others. And Jesus, of course, in the golden rule in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 says, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now, isn't it fascinating that in the greatest commandment, Jesus said, and this is all the law and the prophets. And then the golden rule, he says, and this is the law and the prophets. So you have this reality that all of us, live outward by loving people, but the key is is we have to learn how to treat people the way we want to be treated. And I think this reality is huge because oftentimes we're so busy living inward lives that we forget that we are meant to be the hands and feet of Jesus into the world. And we have to look at the world and not say, why do I dislike somebody? We have to say, if I was in their situation, how would I want to be treated? And then proactively treat them that way. And I think that this is lacking in our day and age from the people of God. Not so much the Crossroads family, though. And to be honest with you, I'm super proud of who we are as a family of faith. We're not perfect, and God's not finished with us yet, and we're in process. He's working on all of us. But as a church family, we have developed an appetite for living outward in our community, in our world. And I love that about who we are. Because I think what happens is the church so often gets focused on itself and you start to grow inward and you know what happens when something grows inward it starts to kind of get deformed a little bit like it it takes on some qualities that are weird right and i think what god has done in us as we've sought the lord is god has kind of opened up our heart to our community because really what you find is in this generation the number of churches keep increasing because People like planting churches, but the number of Christians are decreasing. And what that means is that new churches aren't reaching new people or existing churches are not keeping up with the rapidity with which people pass away. But what's beautiful is that here, each and every week, we see God doing a work. We see us constantly reaching into our community. And so I believe that one of the greatest needs we have in the church, in this generation, is to allow our upward and inward living to lead us outward. But in order to unpack this idea of how are we to live outward by loving others, I want you to open up in your Bibles to John's Gospel, chapter 13. John chapter 13, we're gonna be taking verses one to 17. If you're new to the Bible, I wanna get you to John's Gospel, it's not hard to find. There is the Old Testament, first two thirds of your Bible, New Testament, last third of your Bible. The New Testament, which tells the story of Jesus and what happened immediately following within the first generation of believers, you have these four gospel stories or the tellings of Jesus: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So, John chapter thirteen. Everyone kind of knows this one, and I'm going to kind of just cherry pick some things that I think are important for us as a family of faith. So it says this: John thirteen verse one it says, "Now before the feast." of the Passover when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from the world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end and supper being ended. And the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He was bathed, and he's only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, you are not all clean. Verse 12. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, What's powerful about these first few verses is what you realize is that this whole upward, inward, and outward loving God and then loving yourself because of God's love and then loving your neighbor, you actually see this as a testimony of the life of Jesus in these first couple of verses. I hope you didn't miss that. Notice what it says. Verse one, now before the feast of the Passover when Jesus knew that his hour had come that he should depart from the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end, Right? And then in verse 3, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. Do you see how verse 3 tells us that Jesus' upward was rock solid. He knew where he was from and he knew where he was going. He knew that he had been loved by God. And he knew who he was. That God had placed all things into his hands. See, Jesus' experience of his father was so profound that he knew what his purpose was. He knew what his identity was. He knew what his destiny was. And that's what upward living gives you. All of a sudden now God infuses your life with all the things that you need. And because of that in verse one, it says, having loved his own, he loved him to the end. So this upward, inward and outward reality is happening in the life of Jesus. And then we learn in verse four, That he rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Now, this is powerful because it says it was right before the feast of the Passover, which means Jesus was about to be crucified. They call this the last supper, Jesus' last meal that he gathered his disciples together. Literally by the next day, Jesus is going to be hanging on a cross. But what does Jesus decide to do? Jesus decides that he is going to get up from supper. He's going to take off his outer garments. He's going to take a towel and put it around himself. He's going to put water in a basin. And then he's going to start to wash his disciples' feet. Not only that, he's going to wipe their feet with the towel with which he's girded. So as it relates to living outward by loving others, you have to realize that it's your choice. It's your choice nobody asked Jesus to do this. Jesus proactively decided in the midst of supper that he was going to go and wash his disciples' feet. And in the same way, nobody can tell you how to live your life. You have to choose it. It's your choice. And you have to ask yourself, are you choosing to live outward by loving other people? Now, what's interesting is for almost all of us, you'll say, yes, and you have an example of it. But leave aside the areas that you're doing good in and maybe look at the areas that you're not doing good in. Because what happens is is oftentimes you can be doing great in one area of your life. You're like, yeah, I'm living out where I'm loving that person, but other people aren't feeling love from you at all, right? So it's a choice that you make. And what's interesting about Jesus here is, and you guys know this, is that In Jesus's culture, the person who washed people's feet took, it was the least of all the servants, the most newly hired. I remember when I was growing up, one of my very first jobs, I worked at a deli in New Jersey. I'm not going to name the name. It's still there to this day. So I don't want to get him in trouble. But I remember I got hired there and, you know, I wanted a job. I mean, like, you know, I had all the, I was one to play music. I wanted amps and all this stuff. And my parents were like, well, if you want all that stuff, you better go get a job. So I got a job at this deli. And I remember I got hired. And because you're the newest guy, you get the absolute worst hours. So one of the hours was, of course, early Sunday morning. You had to put all the newspapers together. It was a four o'clock in the morning job. My parents told me to get a job. They didn't like that I got that job because I didn't have a license at that time. So they're like, we got to drive you at what time? I'm like, it's my job. That's the kind of son that I was. You got to pray for my folks, you know. But I remember that job. One of the other parts of this nasty job was that they had these huge, it was a huge commercial kitchen and they made some phenomenal food there. But every Saturday morning you had to go clean out the grease pit. Anybody ever do that job? Yeah. Pat yourself on the back. You made it through. Go ahead. You made it through. Praise God. It was it was this huge pit. They were cooking all this food and you had to pull all the grease out. You had to take it out with a little scooper and you had to stick it in a bucket and then you had to take it out of the bucket, you had to put it in the vats in the back. And that was the nastiest job. It was just like it was like like I love to eat, but I didn't want to eat after I did that. You know? Not only were you like scooping the grease out, but like you felt greasy after it was over. It was like you were like in the vicinity of the grease It would stick onto you, you know? And so it was nasty. It was like really bad. In a lot of ways, that's what Jesus was doing. Because you realize that this was long before there were guys getting pedicures and stuff. These guys were fishermen. There was no little pumice stones to clean up those feet. There wasn't like some good, you know, get your, your fungus remover on your nails. None of that. I know, it's I'm, I'm painting a gross picture, and this was way grosser than you could imagine. Because this was like 2,000 years ago, fishermen feet, they were all wearing their Air Moses sandals. You know what I mean? The ground was dry. You know, you can just imagine this. This was not a fun job. It wasn't like today, you know, with all these guys. It's like as part of them being an executive, like they have like all nice perfect feet and stuff. It's like, this guy's feet were nasty, you know? And Jesus chose to do this. If there was one person who didn't have to do this, it was Jesus, but Jesus chose to do it. Now... If you go down to verse 12 here, it says this. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. And you say, well, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Now listen, if there was one reason not to be a follower of Jesus, it's right there. Because he's saying, look, look at who I am. And now, because of who I am, I want you to go do the same thing. And that's why Jesus, in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, said this. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. By the love that you have, one for another. Jesus is saying, I want you to be different than what comes naturally to you. And in every case, Jesus' love, whether it's the upward love, the inward love, and now the outward love, it's always self-sacrificial, which runs up against the current of our culture. Our culture says, I'll love you if you love me, right? But Jesus says, I'm going to love you and I'm going to give of myself so that you might have life, even if it costs me everything. And so you have to ask yourself, are you choosing, are you choosing to live outward by loving others? Are you choosing to although Jesus, Lord and Savior, teacher, God in the flesh, he would take the point of the lowest servant. Are we doing that? In a lot of ways, as a church family, we are. I mean, I love to brag about what God's doing here. I mean, all sorts of people are taking all sorts of steps. And really what my hope is, is we always say here at us is that because Jesus is real, we're a family of faith. What's the next line? Fully engaged. And what that means is I believe God wants all of us. Every single one of us to, with our freedom in Christ, to make a choice to live self-sacrificially outward into our community and our world. All of us, not some of us, all of us. Why? Because Jesus said, look, if I'm your teacher and Lord and I did this, I want you to go do this. So this is about us following Jesus. I always think of Jesus back in John 13 where it says that Jesus took a towel and a basin, and he redefined greatness. He took a towel, and a water basin, and he redefined what greatness is. And he says, and I want you to go and do likewise. Now, not only that, there's this, in the middle of this story here, there is a very strange thing that goes on with Peter. And I wanted to make sure I brought this out. There's nothing worse than when someone gives you false expectations about something. Have you ever heard that expectations ruin relationships? How many of you guys ever heard that? How many of you guys wish you heard that earlier than just right now? Expectations ruin relationships. So I don't want you to have false expectations, but notice what goes on with Peter. Jesus is washing everybody's feet, right? And then it says in verse six, then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus said, what I'm doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, if I do not wash you, you have no part in me. And then Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. Now, as it relates to living outward by loving others, here's my, I want to set the expectation in the right spot. You have to expect Pain. You have to expect pain. Because you know what it is? What happens oftentimes is you realize like, we got to live outward by loving others. And you're like, I'm going to love others and it's going to be great. It's going to work so perfectly. I mean, it's just going to be amazing what God's going to do. But what happens is then you start doing it and then you end up with someone like Peter around who doesn't get what's going on. And then very quickly, you stop serving. You're like, that hurt. But listen, if you're going to live outward in this generation, you've got to expect that it's going to hurt a little bit. See, what goes on here is that Jesus gets to Peter, and Peter's like, are you going to wash my feet, Lord? And Jesus said, yeah. He's like, you don't understand it now, but you'll get it later. And Peter first says, there ain't no way you're going to wash my feet. Right? So Peter first rejects Jesus' service, and then Jesus says, well, listen, Like, if I don't wash your feet, then you know you have no place with me. And Peter's like, well, okay. And then instead of just dropping it and saying, thank you very much, Lord, Peter says, well, then you better go farther than you want to go right now. You got to wash my head and my hands, right? And then Jesus explained to Peter, you already bathed at this part. You only got to wash your feet. That's all you need right now. you already took a shower, buddy. But you know what the problem is? How many of you ever tried to live outward by loving other people? And first they reject you. And then once they accept you, then all of a sudden they expect you to like live their life for them. Anybody have that experience? Yeah, and it's kind of off-putting, isn't it? It makes you want to quit, right? Exactly. So listen, when you live outward by loving others, you should expect it to be challenging. Like, we shouldn't go into it thinking, man, oh, God's going to do the most amazing thing. It's going to be awesome. I mean, God is going to do it, man. But it hurts, and it's hard, and you have to give of yourself. You know, I think the Apostle Paul said it this way, and I love it. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15, Paul says this. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Think about that. The apostle Paul said, look, I am giving my whole life for you guys. And the more I love you, the more you're mad at me. And that's why I think living outward is so hard in this day and age. Because no matter how much you do, people will say you never did enough. Or no matter how much you're trying to help, they're like, I don't want your help. I don't need your help. But obviously you do, but you don't want it. And very quickly, what happens is, is our hearts start to get hard. They get cold. But here's the thing, my friends. You don't live outward by itself. You live outward because you're living upward. So listen. Listen. When you go to serve the world at its places of pain in the name of Jesus, when there is rejection or where people are ungrateful or they don't get what you're trying to do, you are not doing it for their affirmation or their gratitude. You do it as unto the Lord for his glory. And that changes everything. I'll be honest, as a pastor, there might be no worse place to be than a pastor of an American church today. Because everyone has their feelings and everyone, no matter what you do, you never do it good enough and you should do it this way. And then they have all the backhanded Christian compliment, mean insults that people say, you know, and it's so easy to get hard hearted. I'll be honest with you. Like you guys know I'm real about it. It's like, it's not easy sometimes. But then the Lord says, Daniel, are you doing it for them? Or are you doing it for me? And then when I do it for him, I'm like, oh, yeah. Who cares how people respond? My job is to do my best, Lord, to love you and serve everybody. That's my only job. But what happens is is that when you start to look to people for affirmation with what you're doing, then you always get something messed up. They're always like, man, I can't believe you did that. Or you should have done it this way. Or if I was there, I wouldn't have done it that way. Well, you're not there. But if you want to help, come on. That's always my favorite one. When you're like busting your rump trying to serve people and someone's there like well you shouldn't do it that way well i used to do that like 97 years ago but i don't do it anymore but if i was doing it i'd do it this way you're like would you shut up and serve you know (laughs) i only say that in my heart because god's not done with me yet (laughs) but i always say it's real easy to rock the boat when you're not busy rowing the boat It's real easy to be like, I'm the supervisor when you're not the supervisor, when you're not serving. And we live in this day and age, don't we? Where everyone's got an opinion, but nobody's in the middle of what needs to happen. But for those of you who are in the middle of it, those of you who are stepping out, listen. Yes, it might hurt a little bit, but it's worth it. Because when God's kingdom is born in someone's life, By the Spirit, because of the finished work of Jesus, you realize I didn't sacrifice anything. It's so worth it. And I think that's the struggle with our day and age as it relates to this.
1: Jesus is real. Pastor Daniel was honest with us today. Sometimes serving hurts. It requires us to do what we might not be comfortable with, places us in a vulnerable position to be rejected, ignored, and sometimes taken advantage of. This is no reason to stop, though. If even one person hears about the gospel and meets Jesus because of our willingness to love outwardly, then all we've done for God is worth it. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out Pastor Daniel's Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. Log on to com and follow the links. Pastor Daniel shares two-minute video messages throughout the week on his Facebook page. Log on to com and follow Pastor Daniel. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to jesusisrealradio.com, click on the stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Today's message concluded Pastor Daniel's Upward, Inward, Outward series. We learn through these messages that Jesus' greatest commandment can be broken down into three parts living upward by loving God living inward by loving ourselves based upon God's love and living outward by loving others God's love for us can change how we view ourselves and gives us the strength we need to love and serve people around us as well well that's all the time we have for today's broadcast on behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.